Hey everyone, Arjun Vijay from Alpha Street here and today I have with me CEO of Avalo Therapeutics, Michael Kola and CFO Sean Greenway. Hey guys, thank you so much for speaking with us. It's good to have you here. Our pleasure. First, let's start with the name change. Uh, Mike, why now and what's the significance? Yeah, the why now is, is because we have really changed the business model from old Seracor, which was mostly focused on um, CNS drugs uh, going back in history, to a company that's focused on precision medicine in immunology, immuno-oncology, and rare disease. And that's not particularly new over the last year, but the reason that we chose this point in time is because we are starting to see readouts the second half of the year that we, we really think are important for a new brand, a new company, and kind of a new start um, based on a new strategy. So, so that's really the, the genesis of the, the name and the timing. Sean, do you have any other thoughts or comments? No, no, just, just to reiterate, I mean, there, you know, there are a number of other companies that have been in similar positions. Uh, one in particular is a company called iAvance, and if you recall, uh, they, they've gone to a, a couple of different iterations, but when they made their name change, it was really to reflect what their what their overall strategy and focus was at that time. And, and obviously they they were focusing on more of a um, amino oncology kind of, uh, kind, kind of play. And, and again, for us, um, you know that's we're in a similar vein as, as Mike has said. Uh, <clears throat> when you think about the name of Valo, uh, it really conveys passion and our focus is actually uh, being able to develop these therapeutics in some of these hard to treat areas. And, um, and, and Mike can certainly go, go through, go through uh, those, those areas for you in, in, in a high level fashion. Uh, you, you guys have a therapy for development and, uh, for COVID induced respiratory conditions. Uh, Tell us a bit about that and also do you think that you joined the party late? I mean, there are already many biotech companies coming up with their own versions of similar therapies. Yes, yeah, so we have a monoclonal antibody that is against the inflammatory cytokine light, which is TNF superfamily 14. Um, we had very... Um, I'll say compelling data that came from Hackensack Meridian um, in patients that had severe COVID and were heading towards a, um, a respirator back in the spring of 2020. So we did a biomarker study. We saw very elevated levels of, of light in those patients. So that compelled us to run a clinical trial. And that clinical trial um, read out very positively in the first part of this year, um, showing a benefit at 28 days, um, both in hospitalization and, and respiratory events, and, it, and a trend towards a 50% reduction in mortality. So, you know, there are a lot of other programs out there. I don't know that we are late. Unfortunately, the COVID uh, pandemic continues to roll on. Uh, we're up to 1,500 people a day dying again. Um, so I think there's really a need for these therapies. Uh, obviously, not everyone has has agreed to get vaccinated, and uh, you know we're going to continue to see these respiratory events happening. 
Um, you know, the, the compelling part to me is this was done on top of standard of care dexamethasone. Um, and, and so we saw a very clean safety profile with a tremendous clinical benefit. But uh, yeah, we're, we're still in discussions to figure out a way forward with the FDA and also potential partners. And do you have any approximate time to market for this drug? Yeah, I mean, we, we had hoped to uh, be eligible for an EUA, but uh, the agency actually has not granted any EUAs to immunomodulators. Uh, well, that's not true. I guess if you count remdesivir uh, and therapeutics, uh, but nothing for ARDS. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we have um, ongoing discussions with the agency on what that pivotal trial looks like. But it, it, it's not in the near future. It's it's probably out at least a couple of years. Don't really want to comment while we're in discussions with the agency. All right, understood. Uh, Mike, just tell us a little bit about your progress in rare diseases. What's the unmet need there, and what's the market potential? So, in complex lymphatic malformations, um, we think there's a significant unmet need. Um, the number of patients is, you know, maybe as many as 30,000 in the United States, but we're focused on pediatric populations. Um, you know, we, we know there are in the thousands in that pediatric population, at least in the United States. High emet need uh, can be a very severe disease. These are overgrowths of cells in the lymphatic system in the one-way valve, those valves block and you get this backup of lymphatic fluid, which can be life-threatening depending on where that fluid is, uh, particularly in the, in the chest area or neck. So, you know, tremendous um, need for new therapies. There's been a number of, of attempts to use sirolimus, a similar molecule in mTOR1 in these patients. It has shown efficacy, but the safety and tolerability of the profile um, really keeps it from being used uh, as standard of care. So this will really be the first trial in um, with a second generation mTOR and mTOR C1, C2. Uh, we think it'll, it should, based on the, the differentiated mechanism of action, should have a much, much better tolerability profile. And we believe based on the potency of the molecule that, um, that we will be able to use much lower doses than were used with sirolimus. So that's just starting. Look to have initial data by the end of the year. The other programs, um, the monosaccharides, 801, 802, and 803, um, are a rare set of congenital um, diseases that have, that are all three of them are quite different, but they, they keep a protein from getting glycosylated, and with that glycosylation issue, the proteins become um, unusable to the patient. And, you know, our goal there is to provide a safe, FDA-approved um, source of monosaccharide for all three patient sets. These are relatively, you know, ultra-rare um, diseases. You know, there, there may be less than 100 of these patients uh, in the United States. The trials should be quite small, and uh, they're moving along 
with with uh, 803 in lad two kind of in the lead and starting this fall. Okay, understood. Uh, maybe Sean can take a dig at this one. How do you see your balance sheet and uh, should investors expect any fundraising in the near future? Uh, great question. Uh, obviously, we, we we are not, you know, as a rule, we typically don't make forward-looking statements about about funding and financing. Uh, but in general, philosophically, what, what you should know is that we have put in place a $150 million shelf. Uh, in addition to that shelf, we've also put in place a, a $50 million uh, equity selling program, and, and that program is with uh, Cantor as well as RBC Capital. Um, uh, and subsequently, we, we have also put in place a, a debt credit facility whereby it provided us access to capital up to about $35 million, of which we've, we've been able to pull down uh, $30 million based on achieving some successful milestones, in particular one uh, being the, uh, the positive interim, I'm sorry, the, the positive initial data results from our first cohort and um, AVTX002 uh, focused on uh, Crohn's disease. So hopefully that answers answers a little bit of your question. So again, uh, we we do have a a um, equity selling program in place. We also have a an, an effective shelf, and we have been able to uh, put in place a a credit facility and 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 successfully pull down additional capital. Okay, that's very helpful. Uh, just one last question. Uh, what what should we look forward to for the rest of the year? Any major clinical data announcements or partnerships around the corner? Sure, sure. Uh, well, we also have some. Um, <clears throat> well, we we announced our initial cohort uh, one data from our Crohn's disease program again for AVTX002. We also have a second cohort of data that we'll be reading out uh, uh, this year. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we anticipate having data from our anti-IL-18 programs, in particular two different data readouts, uh, one being uh, adult onset still disease, uh, as well as uh, some, some top-line data from our multiple myeloma program. And, and, and lastly, uh, it, as far as the rare genetic diseases, uh, the dual mTOR inhibitor for uh, complex lymphatic malformations, uh, we should have some initial data uh, this year as well. Thanks for those well-rounded responses. Uh, and uh, I'll get back to you once we have published the interview. Thank you for your time once again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Have a good weekend.